Distractions podcast, a podcast where we chat true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, urban legends, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, every week to provide you a weird distraction from everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, Alex. And Christy. We are back talking spooky ooky paranormal stories. Well, story, just 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 one, just one for today. And this one's a roller coaster. So before we dive in to this week's distraction, we got to talk about what we need distraction from and then a little bit of an update. So Christy, what is your need for a distraction? My need for distraction is I'm just impatiently waiting for my house now and they have to take all my money so I can be poor and work is stressful because it's really busy right now, but I'm looking forward to this and vacation a little bit. So this is my mini distraction before mini vacay. Yes, that's amazing. And the countdown is on until you're a homeowner any day now. Well, actually, well, not until I'm an extra broke bitch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, basically. My need for distraction I'm going to turn this party from fun to not fun. As <sighs> some may know, and I say some as I, well, Christy knows and our patrons know, uh, my grandfather recently got ill um, last week. And unfortunately, he has passed away. So I am processing that as well as just life and work really freaking sucks. So any excuse to talk about spooky stuff, ghosts, paranormal activity, definitely needed. I definitely need a distraction. XOXO hugs. Thank you. But before we dive in, we're almost there. But one little thing. So as some of our avid listeners may know, or people that are, you know, just tuning in, looking at our episode list, what have you, we did a little bit of a Halloween spectacular last year where every week in the month of October, every Wednesday, we released a series called Midweek Mini Spooks. And both Christy and I are ecstatic to let you guys know that we are doing it again. We are... We've got our episodes picked out. We are ready to rock. We just have to record them. And they will be coming back in October 2021. If you are on Patreon, though. Early access. Early access, because we love you so much. So you can expect the midweek mini spooks on Patreon the week of the 27th of December. I was going to say of December. Oh, my gosh. No. Of September. That's what I meant to say. You're skipping to Christmas. You need to hold the horses. I know. I just want it to be Halloween. I don't know why I'm jumping to Christmas. But yeah, so that's that's our little podcast update. And I think we're we're ready to go. What do you say, Christy? Are you ready to get scared? Let's kill it. All right. Well, this week's Paranormal Distraction has us going to Nevada in good old America to discuss a reported haunted home that was once featured on the infamous OG Unsolved Mysteries. The haunts at the Kelsey House have left many questioning whether the paranormal occurrences that have took place primarily from the 1970s to 90s, you know, whether they're legit or not. Although we may not be able to firm up an answer in this episode, it's still a great opportunity to discuss the case and to get our spooky on because it's September, which means it's basically October, which means it's basically Halloween. So we're already there. Just Alex's whole favorite time of the year, basically. Yeah, I'm going to be obnoxiously annoying about Halloween for the foreseeable future. So 
Apologies, but not really. Sorry. Like other paranormal episodes, I figured it's probably best for us to talk about the history before we get into the haunts. So in terms of the history of the Kelsey house, it appears the date of when the house was built originally and by who seems to be a bit spotty. For example, some claim that it was built sometime in the late 1800s. Some say it was 1860. Others say it was 1877. There seem to be some online debates. The location of the home and where it once was located is also a bit spotty. So as you can imagine, research for this was super fun because there was no straight answer. Everything was chaos. So it was super frustrating for you because you love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I saw the episode. I was like, oh, I want to cover this. And then I started Googling it. I was like, oh, my God, what have I got myself into? But just just like some 41, I was in too deep. So I kind of had to do it at that point. So the house allegedly may have been built in Carson City, Nevada, then potentially moved to Virginia City before moving to Fish Springs. Once again, all in Nevada. Other sources claim that it's currently near or in Reno, Nevada as well. But for geographical buffs, I would say that the reported locations of this home took place on the west side of the state, near the California border, but north of Las Vegas. All of this information I'm spewing is based off of Google Maps and my eyesight, which, not the greatest. So if I'm wrong, you can you can email us and inform us better, I guess. But uh, yeah. Two us from the two half-blind sisters, it's fine. Basically, yeah. For sanity's sake, we can definitely confirm and say that this place is in the state of Nevada. The house, which reportedly kept changing hands after it was built, has been described as being fairly simple. It's a two-story, Kansas-styled building wood frame home. The first series of spooky encounters, according to the Unsolved Mysteries Wiki fandom website, kicked off sometime in 1977. The Kelsey family, comprised of parents Jim and Susan, along with their daughters Dionysa and Jennifer, along with an unnamed son, who I believe was kind of like the youngest of three children, had resided in the home from 1977 to 1988. And in some of the tellings of this case, apparently the Kelseys saved the house from being torn down. Also, I apologize because it's, to me... And from what I've heard, it's Kelsey, like the Kelsey, or sorry, the Kelsey. So I think I'm, I'm going to go back and forth a little bit. Let's just be honest here. It's spelled K-E-L-S-A-Y, but take that as you will. Yeah, if I say A-Y, I'd be like Kelsey, not Kelsey, it'd be E-Y. Yeah, Kelsey. It's very scandalous, like very, it's a cool last name. It's a cool name for a haunted house. I'm just telling it how it is. But before we get to the haunts, I do want to introduce another family to the situation as well, the Robinsons. So Steve, Mona, Miles, and Garrett Robinson moved into the home in October of 1989. As far as my understanding, they rented the home from the Kelsays. Both families would reportedly encounter strange phenomena in the home, which some speculate it to be a meeting point for spirits. So Basically, they thought that the home was potentially like a bus stop for spirits to kind of meet up and hang out and do their daily commutes. I don't know. Daily break bread together? What? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, they have to meet somewhere. Why not not be that place, I guess? Exactly. But without further wait, let's chat about the reported haunts of this location. I'll start by describing what the Kelsey family experienced before getting into what the Robinson family also reported. 
In the Unsolved Mysteries episode, Jennifer Kelsey recalled one evening when she was in bed, and she was approximately three to four years old during this experience. She claims that she had rolled over in bed, awake, and faced her bedroom door. An apparition of an older man with an oi then appeared in front of her. Jennifer reported that the younger boy appeared to have a sad expression on his face, while the man had more of a concern gesture. The apparitions only lasted a few seconds, and according to Jennifer, she claims that the way that they looked at her, she felt like they knew who she was. So it was almost as if the apparitions had already met her at some point in time previous to this encounter, even though this, as far as my understanding, was the first time she seen them. That's kind of creepy. I know you, and you're like, who the fuck are you, and you're a ghost, or whatever. Yeah, could you imagine? It's just a ghost dead-ass looking at you as if they know everything about you, and you're just like, sir, why are you in my bedroom? I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, not to freak you out, but yeah, little apparitions at the end of your bed, it's like, Hi, Alex. Never sleeping again. Well, yeah, or could you imagine a ghost at the end of your bed being like, hey, did you file your taxes yet? Because I noticed on your whiteboard, you have a note saying you need to file your taxes. So I'm just wondering, keeping tabs for you. That's my name. I hope you filed your taxes, but yes. yeah, that was what you said. (laughs) But yeah, no, that's, there's two things in life that scare me. Apparitions that act like they know me and tax season. CRA. CRA, yes. And for those who don't know, that is the Canadian Revenue Agency. They are monsters. Uh, If you get your notice, you're like, that's fine. But if you get a reassessment notice, you're like, fuck. Yeah, been there, done that, don't want to go back. No, thank you, ma'am. So after this incident, and maybe with a few more weird encounters, the Kelsey family decided to call in a psychic medium named Daniel Martin. Daniel reportedly visited the home where one entity by the name of Samuel was identified. According to the post by Sherry Granado, Daniel told the family that Samuel was trying to protect Jennifer. Although this might be a sweet notion, the family had asked Daniel to, you know, maybe do his protection a little bit less creepily because he was scaring people. Protection or not. Yeah, like, I'll take the help, but uh, that's a little bit creepy. Yeah, exactly. I like where you're going. I like your intention, but your prosecution is a little bit scary. Things seemed to quiet down a smidge after Daniel's first visit. However, it wouldn't stay quiet for long. I'm going to reference a post from the article by Sherry Granado called The Ghostly Trio of Fish Springs, Nevada, in a direct quote as it seems to paint a pretty freaky picture. Quote, Samuel's disembodied voice could be heard during times that his ghostly body was nowhere to be seen. His voice sometimes came off as that of an angry man. After several sightings in the kitchen and in her bedroom, Mrs. Kelsey began to fear going to bed because just as fast as she climbed in and got comfortable, Samuel would start making noises. Heavy footsteps, as if someone were climbing the stairs to their room, would keep her up most of the night, end quote. It's creepy. It's bedtime. He's like, let's go. Yeah, Samuel's just coming up the stairs like, all right, time for bed. Save me a spot. Let's get spooky. And I think that's the most challenging thing when it comes to the paranormal is because it's kind of similar to like a nocturnal animal. Let's put it this way. You know, you're up during the day. They're sleeping. You're going to bed. They're getting up. They just want to have they they that that's the time that they want to interact with you, right? It sounds like a cat, basically. It's so, zoomies at nighttime and sleep yeah. during the day. 
yeah, ghosts or cats. Cats or ghosts. It, it took us, what, 70-something 70, 70 episodes to come to this conclusion? I'm surprised we haven't gotten here already. <laughs> with, our, with our cat life, there are ghosts, exactly. apparently. Which exactly. then kind of concerns me, but okay. Let's not go too far down this road, because I feel a sadness coming on. I don't want to go there. So, jumping to 1981, the Kelsays decided to move to a new home in Gardnerville, Nevada. Wanting a fresh start, along with a good night's sleep, the Kelsays family probably thought that they had left Samuel and his spooky bullshit back at the previous home. However, this was not the case. JK. So in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, Susan explained the moment she knew that the family's spooky roommate, Samuel, had followed them to their new home. Susan shared that one day she had taken some photos of her seven-week-old son in their living room at the new house. She had prompted him up on the love seat and began taking photos. In the episode, she had indicated that she had made sure that the room was well lit as it was the 80s and she was using a disposable camera. When Susan had went to go get the photos developed, she shared that she saw a mustached man along with her other photos of her son. She thought that maybe this was a mistake. The dark and eerie photo of this random dude maybe belonged to someone else. It was slightly frightening. Like sitting beside the baby or like cuddling the baby. No, it was a picture. It was a full on picture on its own. Picture on its own, like a full on selfie. Oh. And we'll post we'll post the picture onto our social media um when we release the episode. But yeah, it's just a picture on its own and then just other pictures of the baby. Okay, that's slightly better, but still creepy. Yeah. And here we're, here's where it gets creepier. So after checking the negatives, she was horrified to realize that the photo came from her camera because she had a negative of this picture. Even though she and her family had no idea who this man was and no one recalled this photo ever being taken. So there's like ghosting around. He's like, let's just take a selfie. Samuel is actually the first person who developed the selfie. It wasn't Paris Hilton. You heard it here first. Yeah. So apparently three weeks prior to the situation, Jennifer had told her mother that she thought that Samuel had followed them to their new home. And now there seemed to be proof of it. The photo was posted in the local newspaper in which, according to the Unsolved Mysteries episode, no one recognized the man in the photo. The Unsolved Mysteries team brought in a photo expert to see if they could debunk the photo or even analyze it further. The expert, Vernon Miller, who is from the Brooks Institute, noted that he thought it was maybe a photo taken off of a TV screen. However, the Kelsays swear up and down that the photo was legit and that no one took took a picture of the TV screen. So you know how... How am I going to explain this? So you know how when you are taking like a video of a TV or like a take trying to take a photo, sometimes there is like lines in the photo. Yeah, like the computer screen has a weird grid pattern yeah. depending on yeah. how close you are or whatever. Yeah. So the the selfie of the quote unquote selfie of Samuel has that kind of grainy aspect to it, which in the 1980s... I, I don't really see them having picture-perfect portrait mode by any means, so... Oh, absolutely not. You know, They could not... meet as a basic photo. Exactly. So it's it's a little, a little suspicious, but also a little spooky. Suspiciously spooky, let's put it that way. Other spooky reports by the Kelsays include the following. Random footsteps, which possibly the most common were heard approaching Jennifer's room at night... What Susan Kelsey described as being, quote, a random swooshing noise. And Susan also noted that she had a fear of walking around the house in the dark, which, I mean, I don't blame the woman because I do too. 
And my house isn't haunted, knock on wood, so I get it. Is that a paranormal encounter experience? I don't really know, but to each their own, I guess. Man's questionable, but okay. When the Kelseys moved out in 1981, they did have people rent their home. For 15 months while the home was being rented by one unnamed family, there was no spiritual or paranormal reports made at all, as far as my understanding. However, this family would move out, and as previously mentioned, the Robinson family would move in October of 1989. So there clearly was a little bit of a gap there between when the unnamed family was there and the that and the other. The Robinson family didn't know the previously reported haunted occurrences that the Kelsey family had experienced. However, they would unfortunately begin to encounter the phenomena as well, including footsteps, random loud bangs, and more. Like many people, they tried to find a logical explanation to these encounters. Maybe it was just the pipes or the fact that the house was over, potentially over 100 years old. Things turned for the worse, though, when their son, Garrett, who was approximately 11 years old around this time, would become the target of some pretty scary shit. Garrett would reportedly hear noises from upstairs, including random laughing, footsteps, and just the sound of multiple people being upstairs when no one was there. Garrett then told Unsold Mysteries that during one of these loud encounters, he ran outside to the driveway and noticed that the screen door kept randomly opening and slamming shut. He then noted he looked at one of the windows, I think one of like the front windows of the house, and saw an older man who had a pretty mean-looking gesture on his face. So, needless to say, pretty freaky encounter. I think it's the go-to. I think when you look at a house that's potentially haunted, that's the first thing. It's like, is there a ghost? There's someone in the front window. And I, I will say, I remember when I was a kid living in the town I grew up in, the town we grew up in, there was one house that we always thought was haunted, and just comparing the two situations, we'd always, you know, try and scare each other and be like, oh, there's someone in the window. There, you know, there's an old lady. She's going to come out and get you, you know. So I'm not I'm not discrediting Garrett's situation, but I also think that. Yeah, like, yeah, like the door is only legitimate. It's a little yeah, creepy, but that's the, it could be anything in the window. Well, and. When you're already scared and you're entering fight or flight, your your mind is going to go a mile a minute. And you might see things that you might see when you're that elevated. Yeah, like if when you're expecting someone to be there, you manifest something there already. Yeah. But mind you, who knows? Maybe you were full of shit and maybe he did see something and maybe it was legit, right? We can't, I mean, we can't really discredit. But I will say he wasn't the only one who was experiencing the phenomena either so his brother miles was also unfortunately dealing with some spooky stuff as well so miles was experiencing some similar experiences that jennifer kelsey had experienced which i forgot to mention earlier but jennifer had reported that she would have bouts of levitating in her bed while trying to sleep essentially so she would experience her bed rising up from the ground and then dropping, right? Some poltergeist shit. And apparently Miles also was experiencing this as well. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a a, a very frightening problem. Exactly. Once again, that's poltergeist shit. Like, that's that's stuff you don't want to mess with. I mean, you don't want to mess with the paranormal in general, but that's also, like, that's bad. That's bad news banshees. Just right there. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. In another relation to the Kelsays, Mona Robinson, like Susan, started having her sleep affected by multiple sounds heard throughout the house at night. 
And apparently got to the point where she would end up staying awake all night due to sounds of footsteps, things dragging on the floor, random bangs, and more. In January of 1990, the Robinsons had moved out of the home only four months after they had moved in. Yeah, that sounds a hell exhausting because no mm-hmm. one's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, all this shit of, like, my bed floating. I'd be like, let's get the fuck out of here, please. Well, it's affecting everyone in the family, too, right? It's not just one person. I mean, you know, you want to take one person's account seriously, too. And if they're being affected, you want to move. But everyone in the family was experiencing something, it seemed. I don't know Mm -hmm. if the, the, the Unsolved Mysteries coverage made it seem as if the dad, like the Robinsons, um, I forget his name. I think his name was Steve, potentially. Yeah, Steve. I don't think Steve Robinson was experiencing anything based off of the Unsolved Mysteries episode, but everyone else was. And mind you, there there have been some reports that children and sometimes women are more susceptible to paranormal encounters. It's not always the case. I don't want to just, you know, put a blanket statement over it, but typically there's more sensitivity to paranormal encounters and energies mm-hmm. for those right tis what it is tis but yeah it's kind of weird if the whole house is feeling that he didn't get anything even yeah exactly the Kelsays decided to call daniel martin to try and figure out what the hell was happening daniel went back to the home for a second time where he reportedly experienced and met three separate spirits on this occasion being that of two men and a woman in the unsolved mysteries episode daniel noted that the three spirits may have been from way back when the house was built and described them as quote from virginia city based on their attire and just their mannerisms i guess i don't know we're not from nevada i i don't know what people from virginia city are like so yeah it's like oh you're some ghosts and they're from this specifically this era okay that would be like me saying so-and-so is such a bad driver. They're from Brampton, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Only some people would get that. Not many people would get that. I didn't feel included in the joke. Let's just put it that way. Daniel indicated that the spirits weren't malicious by any means, however, more so just a loud, rowdy group. Daniel was asked to tell these spirits to kind of knock it off, which they did. Since then, it seems like reports have been very sporadic and not consistent enough to say that it's still super active. I did find one YouTube video that did give some notion that perhaps it is still being occupied by something paranormal. So the YouTube video I watched, which was uploaded by the user The Mystery Gang NV, which I'm assuming that means Nevada, included the following reports in their in, from their investigation. An EVP of a boy telling investigators that he lived at the house. An EVP of a woman crying and asking for help along with another woman shrieking when investigators walked into the kitchen area, an EVP of a little girl saying that there was a man behind her, and then there were multiple other EVPs of a man making numerous comments, one being to get out. So it was a very EVP-based investigation from what I watched. Yeah, lots of very EVP-heightened comments and scenario was going on, but it seems very odd. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of summarize this case, just to put a little weird, spooky 
ghost bow on it. The Kelsey family sold the house in the 90s, in which the new family reportedly claimed no paranormal activity based on the Unsolved Mysteries episode, which aired in 1991. Dionysia Kelsey reportedly visited the home in 2011, where it was still a private residence. However, some sources now claim that the home is owned by a casino and allows access to paranormal investigations to take place, which who knows? It could be a home. It could be part of a casino. I don't know. I try to Google Maps, like image Google Maps it, but because I also don't know where exactly it is, <laughs> it was kind of hard to do that. That's also kind of funny. It's like, oh, let's go do a little gambling. Let's have a little spook and some more gamble. Maybe the gambling and the ghost will help me win some money or I'll take it all, whatever. Yeah, let's play on the, I don't know, is, is there such thing as a penny machine in the States? Like, what do you, I, I don't gamble, I'm sorry, I don't know. I learned it from TV, which would be like Las Vegas crime scene, but if, if they have penny <laughs> slots, if they sell pennies in the States, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, write us in, do you Americans still have pennies? Because we don't, it's a thing of the past, we have no idea why we got rid of them. Well, we probably do, I just, I'm being ignorant, but anyways... It's a little bit of some penny slots and a little bit of uh, some EVP sessions, you know, a little little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's a mixed bag. We like mixed bags. So, I mean, tis what it is, I guess. You got to make profits somewhere. Based in what I saw in the previously mentioned YouTube video from the paranormal investigation, though, it seems like the house was fairly disheveled. And the video footage, I believe, was from 2012 or 2013. I also read online that Dionysia clear to the air in terms of information swing around the internet, which I'm going to break down as well. So she claimed that after her family sold the haunted home in Nevada, they moved to California where Samuel reportedly followed them there as well. Essentially, based on what I gathered, he being Samuel isn't making them feel threatened, but mostly just making his presence known. Dionysia stated that the home was built in 1877 and that her mother susan had saved it in 1977 on its 100 year anniversary date from being torn down further the home was moved to fish springs in carson valley nevada apparently to one of the grandparents of the kelsays uh to their homestead on bob white lane which is now meg pine lane in fish springs so once again there's a little bit of confusion regarding where the location was this that and the other Dionysia also emphasized that Garrett Robinson reportedly was not terrorized by Samuel, but rather a spirit with a cape and white hair. And another interesting twist, at some point there was a fire during one of the home's moving periods, because remember, the house was built one place and then potentially moved all around Nevada by the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. The roof had hit a power line, and that's how it started on fire. So maybe we shouldn't be moving houses around. I don't know. Just saying. That's unfortunate. Yes. According to Dionysia in an Unsolved Mystery Wiki fandom page post, a family had heard about the fire through an article and recognized the home. This unnamed family visited the Calces and told them that their 91-year-old mother was born in the home in the 1880s and had photo proof of her and her family residing there. I'm just going to emphasize again the history of this place is a bit all over the place and kind of gives me a big old question mark on everything. Once again, I was already in too deep when I started the research. It's still an interesting story. It's still spooky, but, you know, it's the, the history is scattered all over the place. It's too far to go back. 
Exactly. In terms of the ghosts, aka the reason why we're discussing this place to begin with, it's very well possible that the ghosts that roamed the home stopped after their last encounter with Daniel, the psychic that the Kelseys had hired twice. I know some may speculate the possibility that this whole situation could have been made up, because let's be real, it's hard to believe in something you can't see with your own eyes. However, as an argument... I will say, like every paranormal episode we cover, it's easy to diminish someone's experiences because we haven't been in their situation or seen their perspective. I will riddle some skeptics with this kind of question, though. What benefit would have came from two families claiming that they were being terrorized by ghosts? Because as far as my understanding, I don't believe that there were any profits made from either family regarding the paranormal claims. So, you know, there was no books as far as my understanding. There was no, I mean, they were on, on Unsolved Mysteries, but I don't know if they got paid for that. Yeah, like it seems very skeptic. Like I know there was two families, two encounters, but then even like the facts in between, like there was you can only like, hear things based on EVPs. Maybe someone levitated. I don't know. Some people heard yeah. voices. Some didn't. But they, they weren't profiting off of any of those claims, right? Which I know a lot of skeptics say that people make up these like paranormal encounters and paranormal stories to make money and to, you know, become uh, weird celebrities, I guess. But that's not the case for either the Robinsons or the Kelsays, right? No, like you said, yeah, they're not making a profit, but there's no way to fact check. That's the thing. Exactly. Like, you just never know what these stories with that being said, we'll let listeners come up to their own conclusions as to whether or not this place is haunted, but I think we can all agree that this is a weird paranormal case to get us prepped and ready for spooky season. And I will also extend an invite to any of our Nevada listeners to send in an email or a DM if they know about this house further or if they have any experiences with this location. If you're cool with it, we can feature it on a future listener distraction episode and that is this week's paranormal distraction of the kelsey house in nevada specific location question mark beside my head you know what's not a question mark beside my head though my resources so thank you so much to the unsolved mysteries wiki fandom website the LinkedIn post, which I've never referenced LinkedIn before, so this was an adventure. Uh, but the post, The Ghostly Trio of Fish Springs, Nevada by Sherry Granado on February 11th, 2016. Unsolved Mysteries on Amazon Prime. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. Season 3, Episode 17, original air date, January 23rd, 1991. The Ghost Theory website. The YouTube video, The Kelsey House, Reno, Nevada. Uploaded by user The Mystery Gang NV, July 23rd, 2012. And last, my golden nugget, thank you to Google Maps. Because without you, I wouldn't know where I was going ever. Thank you for your direction and guidance. Christy, it's your turn to tell these fine listeners what platforms we're all on where they can find us on social media, how they can say hello, 
where they can share the love, all that good stuff. Yes, let's turn the tables over to me, please. So where to find our show, we are on many platforms, but mainly Apple Podcast. If you guys are listening on Apple, please consider leaving a review, leaving us some stars of some sorts. Kind of just helps us with the charting in a free, nice way to give us some exposure. Any platform, feel free to listen. Also following us on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just searching Weird Distractions Podcast will appear. If you're looking for more weird distractions, please consider joining our two tiers on Patreon. You will be missing out on monthly bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes footage for some things, some free stickers, and a bunch more. Some bonus episode topics include the Oakland County Child Murders and Ismo Uni. A couple more, a couple goodies. Also want to shout out our current Patreons. We have Tom, Bailey, and Angela. We want to thank you guys so much as always. We love you, my Mariah Carey moment. A little off tune, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> also, if you want to help out the show, other options of the Patreon, you can do a one-time pledge on Buy Me a Coffee. You can also support the show by repping our merch. We are on Redbubble. Again, just searching our weird distractions. You can find any type of logo we've made up on pretty much any kind of merch possible you might need in your life, whatever it may be. Lastly, we want to hear from you guys. So we are, again, attempting to do some listener distractions episodes. We have one that was released on June 13th. We would love to do some more. We quite enjoy them. We love hearing your stories, but we want some more. Any encounter, any spooky story, anything in general, feel free to email over to us. Yeah, exactly. It was so fun doing the listener distractions episode. We would love to do it again. So please send in your stories. They could be long. They could be short. They could be a Stephen King novel. Whatever floats your boat, baby doll. And the email is weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. Beautiful, fabulous, magnificent. Well, I think that's it for today. I think we're good. What do you say, Christy? was a good little spook. Good little spook. And you know what? If you need a distraction, we got you. Bye. Bye. Bye.